This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Jennifer Ozimkowitz, North American Regional Marketing Manager for Bayer Crop Science. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Jennifer Ozimkowitz next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Bayer's acquisition of Monsanto is now complete. The final steps taken just days before the opening of the 2018 Farm Progress Show. Jennifer Ozimkowitz was the marketing lead for Monsanto and now the North American Regional Marketing Manager for Bayer Crop Science. Ozimkowitz says the long journey has led to a new beginning. It is quite a journey to get to day one. We've been working on this for the last couple of years. And so while we're very excited about the future and what that's going to bring from an innovation perspective, the thing that is on our mind today is ensuring that our customers continue to get the service and support and we have a strong business continuity of our two businesses. So here as we head into the 2019 season, uh, you know, what our customers should expect is that they're still going to get the service and support from their salespeople and their dealers that they were getting uh, for our seed uh, products, for instance, and and certainly the Bayer customers are going to get the service and support on the Bayer portfolio. So near term, that is the most important thing to us. We certainly want to make sure that you know we're doing the right thing by our customers here near term as we head into the selling season, um, and then of course we're excited about what that potential brings in the future as we look at future plans. Some farmers were concerned with the two companies coming together that products that they are accustomed to, that they count on, services that they're accustomed to and they count on might go away or that the price might go up or both. And, and we certainly want to reassure customers that that is, is definitely not the case and not what we, uh, not what we hope for um, with this combination. They should absolutely expect to see the same outstanding brands that they know and trust. So whether on the seed side, you know, it's DeKalb or Asgro or Channel, you know, whether it's on the crop protection side with our portfolio or Bears portfolio, they absolutely should expect to see uh, the same thing going forward. Now, having said that, you know, Bear has has had to sell off many, um, you know, of the different assets um, in order to complete the deal um, due to the Department of Justice, um, uh, you know, requirements. So some of those products that people may have known from Bayer certainly will have a different, uh, you know, different company behind them now. Um, but once we bring these new portfolios together, what's really fantastic about this is it's truly complementary. I mean, that's the opportunity with this particular combination, and why we're so excited about it because. Truly, they, they are, you know, they are looking at our seeds and traits leadership and what we've been able to accomplish through the investments and, you know, in research and development.
development around breeding and biotechnology and what that looks like and how that is going to combine with the work they're doing in crop protection um, to bring innovation faster to our customers. That's really what we're after. Speaking to the farmers and speaking to your investors, both companies were tremendous in research in their respective uh, spheres. So now with the two companies together, where is this present-day agriculture? And with the two companies together in the same lab, what are the things now that you're able to do that will help you grow from here? That's a great question, and, and I think it's really the core opportunity we see. So as I said, innovation was the core foundational principle of the combination. And so um, what we see and how it goes faster is this. When you think about developing the next um, biotechnology trait, takes about 10 years okay to develop that trade go through discovery get through regulatory you know and bring it to market it's about the same amount of time when you think about a crop protection product more and more as we see in agriculture we need to be bringing these solutions combined you know you, you can't have herbicide control and herbicide tolerance system without the crop protection product so if we want to bring the next solutions if we aren't working together in the same lab and trying to figure out how, you know which crop protection product is going to go with which trait, it could take us 15 to 20 years if you add those two timelines together when you're separate, right? Because you have to know, what is that crop protection company uh, developing? And oftentimes we don't get a look at that from an intellectual property protection until they're ready to talk with us about it. So that's the kind of speed of innovation, just as an example you can see, is now if we have scientists together who are working in, you know, in discovery and saying, what are those new uh, you know, uh, crop protection products that might go with a trait? What are those new microbial products or biologics that go with this particular germ? plasm and how are we really going to uh, you know increase yields you know provide the right herbicide tolerance uh, you know and protection what is that right insect or fungal protection needed we now have scientists together who can do it and what's really exciting is you know you've got the leading you know talent and the leading portfolio on that in crop protection and then of course you bring our our group together and that makes 8,000 scientists um, around the globe that we're bringing together 175 breeding sites and um, you know just a tremendous amount of investment in R&D. In fact as we bring these two together um, and, and it's going to be led by Bob Ryder our, uh, our um, R&D lead we will have the largest investment in R&D across the industry for agriculture. So for us that's why I say this is foundational is, is really um, a terrific opportunity to bring innovation faster to farmers. Tell me about the farmer today, the challenges that you see that he has today and how you are working and will work to resolve those issues that he finds in his space. Sure. So, I mean, if, if we think about, um, you know, the areas that, that are, are on farmers' minds and we're out talking with them about their needs, there's always a need to ensure that they are focused on two main things, increasing productivity and profitability, right? So how are they getting the best performance in the field, getting the highest yielding products, and how are they managing that risk from the standpoint, whether it's, you know, weed management, whether it's pest management in the form of insects or, or fungal disease. And those are right in our sweet spot. That is exactly what we're focused on. So when we take, um, you know, yield opportunities 
opportunities through um, genomics and the work that we're continuing to invest in breeding. And then we're looking at, you know, what is the balance of biotechnology and crop protection and biological products that are going to help meet those needs. Now we bring in a third element, which is really the exciting part um, that we see, you know, advancing, which is digital. And so, so what are the things that, um, you know, we can see in combination with these that are going to um, increase productivity even more, increase yields even more, or provide greater protection. And so let, let me give you an example. I mean, certainly I talked about biotechnology traits and crop protection or chemistry being, you know, you can't kill the weed with a tolerant product unless you got the right chemistry. That's certainly one example. But what we see is really, you know, there is a huge interaction between germplasm and the environment and the products that accompany it, right? So, you know, as we look at seed treatments and you look at biologicals, you know, there's germplasm, um, you know, interaction with these in the system. And so when we have the opportunity through um, data and analytics to mine the right germplasm and genetics in the seed, but then also study in different environmental conditions the right chemistry or biological products, we're seeing significant increases in yield, significant, um, you know, benefits from the standpoint of, um, you know, um, protection, whether, again, it's, it's fungal disease or insects or what have you. You. So by the digitization of not only our breeding program, but the data we have coming out, we are able to tailor and customize solutions even better for our farmers. We see that being a really important part of the future and really the opportunity of us coming together that we did not have before. We didn't have that when we were separate. Looking at the environment that Bayer exists now, from the headlines, there was a herbicide decades ago that completely changed crop farming glyphosate and that had been used and has been used and is still being used today with science to support its safety but yet a court decision in california recently following some other opinion of that product and human health has now seen a court turn against the former company and now a sea of litigation could be facing you how do you handle this what do you see as the next steps with regard uh, to, to the steps forward for this product that so many farmers still depend on? Yes, it's, it's, uh, it is certainly something that um, Bayer has um, discussed in the last week that as Monsanto had, they will be vigorously defending this technology. I mean, this is a product, as you said, that has been used um, safely and effectively by growers for more than 40 years. And, um, you know, and it is is and has been validated by the weight of scientific evidence and by regulators around the world as not only being safe but not causing cancer. And so when you look at the NIH, you look at the likes of the EPA, you look at EFSA, they have all determined that this is a safe product and it is not carcinogenic. So we feel highly, highly confident that, you know, this honestly is the most studied chemistry probably ever. I mean, if you really look at it, there have been over 800 studies on this product. In fact, um, there was a U.S. agricultural health study. It was a long-term study with over 50,000, um, you know, farm workers uh, over 20 years, and it, it was determined that it, it did not cause any um, safe safety issues or, or, or cause cancer. So 
uh, the sound science is there, the science is strong, and we will vigorously defend this product because, as you said, it, it is critically important. It's still a critically important product, even after 40 years, um, for farmer customers and applicators around the world. And so we, we do believe, back to your point on technology, this is still a technology and a product that needs to be uh, protected and preserved, and, and, uh, and Bayer is absolutely committed to vigorously defending that. And yet there is another herbicide that farmers have used for decades, that is dicamba, but now because of genetic research, we've been able to use that on dicamba-resistant crops. You have products that remain and that have been used but are called into question. What success have you seen this year? What challenges have you seen in this year? Yes, yeah, so, so I mean, clearly, this is another example of a really important tool for farmers, right? So we had, we have a huge need for, um, better weed control solutions. Every year, we need better weed control solutions. And, uh, and with the launch of Roundup Ready to extend soybeans and extend flex and cotton, it really provided farmers with an additional mode of action that was incredibly important to control, you know, tough to control and, and, and resistant weeds. And the demand has has been very high for this product. I mean, farmers um, have been so interested and in, in see value in this tool that it was the largest launch we have ever had in history. I mean, we had we had 25 million acres when you think about it across both um, soybeans and cotton last year in 2017 that adopted the technology, and then this year it has doubled. Um, to 50 million acres across um, both soybeans and cotton. And so what we're hearing and seeing is, is, um, is that farmers are having great success. They're very interested and very pleased with the weed control that they're seeing. They're seeing some of the cleanest fields that they've seen in, in decades. And so many of the, the reports that we're having, I've spent a lot of time this last month in the countryside talking with growers, talking with retailers and applicators, and they have had success um, not only with the weed control, but also with with on you know getting on target movement and so you know when you think about it and, and you mentioned you know a product we've been using for also you know uh, several decades 40 years um, you know it is a different system right it is a different weed control system than farmers were used to using um, for the last couple of decades and so what we saw over the last year is that requires learning that requires education that requires you know differences in the label because uh, you know dicamba is different from glyphosate and so uh, you know with this last year um, you know we have had a change in the label with EPA so there it is a restricted use pesticide to use um, the low volatility dicambas which have been introduced. So Extendamax is, you know, our brand, and it's a, a terrific new chemistry in the sense that it's taken the older, uh, you know, dicamba, as you said, molecule, but improved it by having a low volatility um, character characterization and been able to apply that on Roundup Ready to Extend or Extend Flex Cotton. And with that, you know, we, we have been able to go out over this last year with this label, and when I say we, it's the states, it's the registrants, and train close to 100,000 growers. So over 96,000 growers have been trained this past year on this label, you know, because clearly it is, like I said, a new way of, 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 uh, of weed control, and that has really made a difference. And so what we've seen this summer versus last summer is that um, we've got a process whereby if, if people have questions, whether it's a weed control, you know, question, or whether it's about, uh, you know, on-target um, performance, they're able to call our hotline, 844-RR-EXTEND. 
And what we saw last year is, you know, it was a new, it was a new product. We had a lot of calls. There were a lot of things, as you said, that, that were, uh, were out there about the new technology. And when we look at our inquiries this year, um, we've seen about, well, I'd say less than a quarter of what we had last year. And when you factor that on doubling the size of, of acres, it's, it's almost a tenfold decrease in the number of inquiries that we have received this year. And when our teams have gone out, I mean, so we've got, uh, you know, field engagement specialists who have gone out and, and we've really committed to go out on all of these and we've got about 97% of them completed. And what we're finding is that that training has really paid off. So a lot of the things we saw last year, which again go back to new, new ways of doing things, were around getting the right nozzles getting the right boom height. A lot of those things, um, farmers are doing the right thing. They're understanding, you know, how do you use dicamba in the system, and they're improving there. Um, there are some opportunities, and those are some of the things around, you know, spraying when there's a sensitive crop downwind, you know, that we kind of need to continue to train on and help people understand. Um, and then there's also, you know, just the recognition that dicamba with soybeans is highly sensitive, and so sprayer hygiene, you know, making sure the equipment is cleaned out is another area that we think will be an opportunity as we go into training this season. Those were some of those challenges may have occurred um, because really you can take you know, basically a drop of, uh, of dicamba, a thimble of dicamba in a thousand ga- gallon sprayer and you, you actually can see some symptomology. And so it's just that sensitive. So it's very important that there's some of the new learnings about this system that are important for growers as they think about utilizing it. But as I said, by and large, it has been a very successful season. Farmers are, you know, very interested in continuing to have access to the technology and be able to use it uh, properly and effectively. Yet you still have some states that want to restrict the use of it from either time of day or during the season, even some challenge coming from Illinois as late. EPA has some decisions to make. What case can you make for this product that it should be re-registered, that it should be made available, and that producers can can continue to use it? So certainly, as I said, the, you know, this, this is a very studied product as well. And we have, um, you know, extensive studies under GLP and a lot of what the EPA has seen that the low volatility product that, that, you know, Extendamax is, is, um, is, is very, highly effective and, um, you know, and is, is a fantastic product. We've spent time um, out with academics this last year. We've expanded our work with academics. We had a summit last year to help, you know, help them also look at some of the questions they had about kind of using this on large scale, using it in extreme temperatures, using it in a different environments. And so, um, you know, we are, we're continuing to work closely with them as they are, as they're putting those results together and we'll have a summit this fall. Um, as we've looked at the inquiries, looked at some of these results of these tests, you know, we still continue to believe that the label is, is sufficient. The, the EPA has done a lot of work this last year and, uh, you know, as we said, had, uh, had changed some of those label requirements. And we certainly believe that that label has been effective, as I said. And so we're very, um, you know, expectant and hopeful that they are going to expedite re-registration. Everything we're hearing from them publicly is that they recognize this is an important tool. They know that um, farmers need to know about this 
this before the seed selling season starts, which is really upon us here. It was worth the Farm Progress Show. And so we know that they're working hard to, you know, look at and talk with the academics we're working with, look at the studies, and uh, and they're going to make uh, a decision, hopefully in a very timely basis, because um, they they know that um, re-registration is important and, and we'll, we'll expedite it soon. What role does the consumer attitude or the perceived consumer attitude play into the products that you have now and the products that you may develop? So I, I think it is it is a very important part, and, and I think that that's why the Bayer organization and uh, you know Monsanto before we, we do spend quite a bit of time with um, various stakeholder audiences, as I said, on how do we um, educate about modern agriculture in general. And so there's various ways um, that we do that, um, really focusing in on audiences that are you know. Some of them are farmer customers, but a lot of them are, you know, moms, millennials, foodies. And we spend time um, in markets where, um, you know, we need to bring stakeholders together. We need to increase the dialogue and we need to share uh, stories about, you know, um, how farmers are experiencing and the benefits they're getting from the technology, but importantly, the science as well. And so, um, you know, we do see a lot of improvements, I would say, in the last, you know, five to ten years since we started a lot of the efforts um, within, um, you know, Monsanto prior to Bayer. Um, we we have actually seen some dramatic improvements in terms of, you know, media coverage and balance, and I think farmers and, uh, you know, other stakeholders in these dialogues have helped with these audiences. So I would say it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, and we will need to continue to do that within Bear as well. Well, Jennifer Ozemkiewicz, we want to thank you very much for taking time so early in this coming together of the companies and even at a busy Farm Progress show to spend time with us here on Open Mic. We thank you for your time. It is Open Mic, and you have the last word. Well, thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure visiting with you. And um, I would say that I, I really want to end by where I began. I'm very excited um, to be a part of the Bear Crop Science Organization. I think that um, the new company has just got a wealth of opportunity um, to provide innovative solutions to farmers. Our mission and our focus is um, really on how science can make a better life. Uh, for our farmer customers, and um, I'm really excited to be a part of it because I, I truly believe, knowing um, our pipeline and knowing theirs, that we've got some really exciting technologies and we've got a really talented um, set of individuals you know, across the country who are going to continue to deliver outstanding uh, products and service to our farmer customers. And for us, it really begins and ends with their success, and so I'm really excited to be a part of it. Our thanks to Jennifer Ozim. North American Regional Marketing Manager for Bayer Crop Science, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.